my study is at the top of the house next door. Um, so you go up one flight of stairs and then you go up another flight of stairs and you're finally on the landing and there's my study. And outside, uh, where, where there's a little sort of balcony bit, there's a bit of a railing. And dangling off that railing, I, I've put various uh, lanyards with passes from uh, places I've been to, you know, sort of concerts or uh, camps or different activities. And, the, and there's one or two um, date back to um, when I was in my old job. And, it, uh, and I was looking uh, along them the other day, and uh, one of them uh, relates to a conference that uh, was 22 years ago this week. And I was like, my, time flies when you're having fun. You know, I, it was there. Uh, and uh, it, it was when I was still in my old job before I trained for the ministry. And uh, I flew from Gatwick on a Sunday morning um, to give a paper at this uh, specialist electronics conference that was taking place in San Francisco. And uh, what I knew of that city beyond the, the Golden Gate Bridge and Alcatraz and the cable cars and the steep wiggly road was not a lot. You know, I, I knew it had some sort of hippie history that had sort of taken place before my birth sort of thing. But uh, I thought, well, it's, it's California. And having grown up watching... Uh, American cop shows through the 70s and 80s. California meant sunshine and warmth. And I thought, this is great. It's January. Um, I don't have sunshine and warmth um, sort of in my office, where it was a bit chilly and a bit drafty in an old 1950s building. And uh, there wasn't really much warmth in my flat um, from the storage heaters that I had. You know, they did their best, but it, it struggled a bit. And it, it wasn't warm on the two-mile cycle to and from work at the start and end of the day. It was usually a bit rainy and wet and chilly. Um, and I thought, great, you know, a week in California, this is it. What I didn't expect on my trip to the Bay City was thick fog. I didn't expect to be getting lost trying to find the hotel because I couldn't even see the street signs. What I didn't expect was the weather forecaster speaking about Monday possibly having black ice on the roads. These were not my vision of California. These, this was not my hope for a week in the States. What we hope for and what we get are not always the same thing. They don't always match up. 
Our dreams are not always fulfilled. And if you remember back about a month ago to our nativity service, um, as we were thinking of gifts that we might expect to get at Christmas, we thought none of those were gifts that would last. How earthly things at some point always fail. Batteries need replaced. A hole will be worn in clothes. And Peter says in this, his first epistle to the church, um, that even refined gold, even the purest thing, will in some way, over time, perish. But the apostle speaks of something that God's people can hope in. Something longer lasting even beyond the finest refined gold. Something of much greater value than any commodity that we can think of. Our salvation hope in Christ. And Peter delights in the fact that the early church is rejoicing in this hope. But he recognizes too that life in the fellowship is not always easy. It is not easy being a Christian. And whether these early Christians had grown up Jew or Gentile, they now faced oppression for their faith. And we still see oppression in the world. We get reports from many lands where the Christian faith is suppressed by their governments. Where people are prohibited to share the good news. An assembly like this would probably be raided. Having one's faith in Jesus might result in a knock at the door from the authorities. North Korea, Iran, China, just being three examples of lands where there it was a great struggle to, to worship openly and freely and to spread that faith. Yet the people of those nations who know the Lord express joy. And as we were thinking of in prayer meeting on Monday morning, you know, the, the, the church in North Korea prays Kim Jong-un. They pray for their leader. That he might come to faith. Because they want him to know the joy that he has. Uh, that, that, that they have. They want him to know. And all people to know. And to be able to rejoice in the great hope that sins are forgiven. And life renewed. We do not in this country face the same struggle. We might, however, face other struggles. 
Indeed, we all will. We all face difficulties in our lives. Might be challenges of our health or our well-being. Difficulties in the workplace. Maybe it's the lack of occupation. We might have conflict in our relationships. We might be mourning the loss of a loved one. And these matters can weigh us down. They bring great sadness. We suffer grief. And our hearts break as we know what happens to us, what happens to our friends, what happens in our family of church, what happens in the world. We are weighed down. But even in these times when we are weighed down, we can know joy. Joy is something so much deeper than not being worried or not being sad. Indeed, as in the the passage, it is revealed possible to have great trials, great concerns in life, to be distressed about a situation, to be moved to tears, perhaps, about pain or injustice, yet still have a joy deep in one's heart, a joy that is glorious because there is a victory that is won. A joy that shines light and life even on those darkest of days. We have this ability to have this hope and joy, this wonderful joy. Not because of our efforts. Not because of our accomplishments. But because of what God has done for us. Our abilities and those of the greatest thinkers, the smartest entrepreneurs, the most talented artists and composers, all our abilities are simply like fool's gold in comparison to the real wealth that is in Christ Jesus when we compare what we can do with what is achieved by Jesus, taking the weight of sins of the world upon his shoulders and going to the cross, dying in our place, forgiving sins and bringing new life. The Father raised him from that death that came upon the cross. And revealed him alive to the apostles. Peter saw the risen Christ. He saw that there is life beyond the grave. A life that has already begun for those who confess Christ is the Lord. But we are like that early church that the apostle Peter writes to. We have heard of Christ, and perhaps we have chosen to follow him, but we've not seen him. And like the Everly Church, we are receiving 
the salvation of our souls. Peter does not write in verse 9 that they would receive. It's not a, a promise of something that's going to happen in the future. It's written in the present tense. They are receiving salvation. It is happening. And so it is a cause of great joy. It's a joy that they can know in their lives. When we think of the forgiveness and eternal life by God's grace, it is something happening now. It is not something that uh, begins at the time of our funeral, whenever that might be in the future, or at the time of our death. But when we confess our sin and give our life to the Lord, it is at that time that the Spirit comes and dwells within us. Marks us as separate. Marks us as having been saved. And from that time on, we live fully in Christ. We do not yet see the fullness of the kingdom. That day is yet to come, but we have been given a guarantee of a seat at the heavenly banquet, an eternal place in the presence of God, free from suffering and death. That is an assurance that we have and something to rejoice greatly in, to delight in every day of the year. What has been done, this great gift of mercy and grace we have been given is secure and nothing can take it away. Our inheritance is kept safe for us in heaven. On earth it is possible for disaster to strike and we will face difficulties. That is an assurance. But not in heaven and not in the fullness of the kingdom of God when that day comes. We seek that day. We seek God's will to be done. Um, back when I was a, a minister in Northampton, when I was in the East Midlands, uh, there was a church that I, I knew of in Derby, um, which was a, it was a URC Methodist, I can't remember if there was a third one, but it was an ecumenical partnership. And it was on an estate. And uh, it, it was a modern build. It was a brick build. Um, it was well built. Um, and it was protected. It had locks on the doors, like you have locks on doors. It had locks on the windows to stop folk getting in that way. It had a burglar alarm fitted. Yet one night, the safe got stolen. The thieves smashed through the wall with a digger and just took the safe out, in the same way as you sometimes hear of cash machines getting done. And the church silver and the wedding register and everything uh, was taken. However strong we build something, however secure we think something is on earth, 
it's not. But the treasure of our inheritance in Christ Jesus is there for us in heaven. And in that place, it cannot be shaken. No thief can break in and steal it. No earthquake can shatter it. No rain or flood can wash it away. Our inheritance is secure. No fire can consume or melt it. It is safe. Our inheritance is more than a simple hope we have for the future. It is a sure and a certain hope that will be fulfilled. It is there. It is guaranteed, and it is a guarantee that cannot be broken. Twenty-two years ago, I'd not looked at the forecast. My arrival into a city of chill and fog took me by surprise. But I came through the night. And the sun rose. And by noon, although it was cold, the sky was blue. Clear blue to the furthest horizon. We live in a time of foggy uncertainty. We don't know what's going to happen one week to the next in reality. We don't know what will happen with Brexit, what will happen with Trump, what will happen anywhere else in the world or even in this village. We do know that there will be struggle and discomfort because that is the world that we live in. But the Son of the Father has risen from death and offered us a new beginning, an eternal promise. Whatever our difficulty, let us be a fellowship that has a glorious hope with glorious joy deep in our hearts. May we live his life and proclaim his truth. Amen.